Coming up now on the Business Radio X Network, Miracles from Up. For body, hair, and soul, with your hosts, Kayla Womack and Ron Reynolds. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Miracles with Up, body, hair, and soul. This is our very first podcast, our opening day. I am Ron Reynolds, and I am here with Kayla Womack, a local Tucsonian who probably is well-known in the area from her singing in different areas of the, the city and clubs and restaurants. Her artwork is uh, everywhere in uh, different displays around the, the Tucson area. And I am just thrilled to have her. But I would just like to tell you today that we are broadcasting from Tucson Business Radio X Studios in Tucson, Arizona, in the Stewart Title Building on Broadway. Thank you for being with us today. I hope that we are going to be a very informative and very problem-solving show today for you in areas of health, especially around hair loss. And our sponsor today is Upsilon Products from the patented uh, hair loss systems. And without any further ado, I would like to welcome my co-host, Kayla Marie Womack. Thank you so much. What a beautiful introduction, Ron. Um, I've been a pesty kid that Ron has known since I was about five. Ron and I connected a long time ago because my parents have owned a hair salon in the Tucson area since I was just about five years old. And in that time, Ron would come in and sell products that he created or products in the area that he repped. So he has a cute little nickname for me. It's called Sweet Pea. Um, I don't know if he always thinks I'm that sweet, but you know, I sure try. <laughs> Anyhow, we've had this ongoing relationship and I've had the honor of working with Ron and his grow up hair products for probably the last seven years. So I've had, I've had the privilege of witnessing the growth of the company and I'm so honored to be a part of it. And we also just want to plug the fact that not only are we trying to educate hairstylists on hair growth systems, but we want to bring something so dynamic that you're going to want to come back month after month to hear what we have for you. Because what we're doing is we're trying to pair up not only hair systems, but we're pairing up knowledge coming from the internal body function, from medical specialists in our area. So we, with no further ado, we want to introduce to you my first guest, Feruze Mirabani, who is a holistic specialist in the Tucson area. Not only is she one of my friends, I've had the privilege of singing with her husband, Charles Loma, who's a fantastic guitar player in the Amen. Tucson area. And she has helped me with my health and wellness for many years. Thank you for coming, Feruze. Thank you for having me here. And I would like to introduce our other guest, Angela White. And Angela is a lead educator at MC Salon Services. She's a brand specialist and a member of the design and cutting team for J. Beverly Hills International, very successful salon manufacturer. And I'd like to say I've also known Angela. She owned a salon in Phoenix, Arizona for many years and has been a client uh, there for four years before she took the plunge of moving to Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'd like to say welcome, Angela. Welcome aboard today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I feel very privileged to be here today. And Angela, all the way from Chattanooga, Tennessee. 
That's right. How are you doing with the time difference? Oh, I'm good. I'm a little bit tired, but that's okay. I'm good. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you making the sacrifice to come all the way out here just to sit with us. Well, we, it's my privilege. We feel special. <laughs> Angela, I'd like to just kind of, with 25 years of experience behind the chair, um, you've dedicated countless hours to perfecting your craft and through continued education in your field. How did you actually get into the industry? How did you uh, come to be a cosmetologist? Well, I actually knew since I was a really young girl that I wanted to be a hairdresser with my grandma's doll room. I was always in there doing their hair. Um, and also, I had difficult time with my own hair when I started growing up. My hair was hard to manage. And so um, I was really interested in, in learning just even about my own hair which led me into going to beauty school. So Angela, you have been an educator now with the Beauty Cartel for four years. And what exactly can you tell us is your role in the company? And can you share some details with us? What does that entail? Because we know you're a cosmetologist, but as an educator, how does that you know kind of differentiate with the two, but also tie the businesses together? It does tie them together, and I feel like I really never was on the journey to become an educator. It just kind of started happening as I went to classes to inspire myself, to educate myself so I could feel comfortable doing anything that I had in front of me in the chair. And I met Jay Beverly Hills, and, and that led me in, in education as well. And then when I met Ron Reynolds, it was another brand that supported hairdressers. It wasn't a big corporation and offered a lot of education with really high quality products, which is very important to me to be able to offer my clients the, the pharmaceutical grade ingredients, the patents, um, the education that comes with it. So when I met Ron, it was just kind of a destiny for, mm -hmm. for me to be a part of, of the beauty cartel as well. I mean, I have to kind of piggyback on that <laughs> because of the fact that I've been in the business too and I've had such an honor with working with you um I I have a tendency to really be drawn to family-owned businesses I think because I grew up working with my mom and dad and so there was something really intriguing to me about Ron's company and really I just have to plug Ron in this way that he has such I love Ron's big heart because part of the reason why he started creating a hair growth product system was because his wife at the time had gone through major hormonal changes and we're going to talk a lot about that today because as women oh boy mm -hmm. do we go through <laughs> tops and turns of hormonal changes throughout our life. So what happened is her hair started falling out and she said, please create something for me. And so there he went on his pursuit and passion to get his wife's hair back. So because of it, we now have this amazing hair growth system. And I've been in the industry since I was little. So I've gotten to see my parents use all these products, hair growth products at work that don't. So in comparison, I've been able to see ones that don't work at all, ones that are filled with chemicals. And what I love about this product, it's so set apart because it's organic. And it's the only patented hair growth company out there right now. So Ron, bravo to you for that. Thank you. So I just had to kind of, you know, just give you a little little pat on the back for that. So Angela, tell us about your life and your salon business in Phoenix. Well, I was um, in Phoenix, obviously, till about a year ago when I moved to Tennessee. And um, I worked at several salons and ended up owning my own. And um, 
I got into education, going to classes to help inspire me, help to empower me, to help me feel confident in what I'm doing to help my clients. And um, I went to classes with Jay Beverly Hills. I, I saw cutting from Misaki, and it just really opened my mind and got myself outside of the box that I was in, which really just ignited a fire in me to continue doing that and to stay inspired because we all know it's so easy in this industry and probably any industry to get in a rut and feel yes. stagnant or Absolutely. feel like a machine. And, and we kind of lose our creativity or our artistry that we have. And we, we are artists. So to be able to bring that artistry out of me again was really important. And, and both the, the companies that uh, Jay Beverly Hills and the beauty cartel really handed that to me so and they still do I know for myself our industry is really unique in that we don't have to go to education classes to stay licensed which to me is kind of frightening mm -hmm. because when I go into a doctor or a specialist I want to know that they are in constant pursuit of re-educating themselves because we know things are ever-changing and ever-evolving and so because of that, I know for myself, standing behind the chair, I worked with many hairdressers through the years that would never educate themselves. And their clients would eventually leave because they were just stuck in the same hairstyles. They weren't moving forward. So, you know, I know that's a lot. And a lot of times hairdressers don't realize they're their number one investment. If they invest in themselves, their businesses, therefore, are much more successful. I just would like at this time, to kind of bring in Feruse for some of the um, information that on hormone. We were talking about my wife losing her hair, her hormones changing, and uh, she had gone through a hysterectomy and pretty much stopped producing uh, hormones. And um, I just kind of like, Feruse, you offer a very unique and friendly form of uh, helping the sick to get well. And I'd just like for you to share with us uh, some information about your practice. Um, I My background is in child development. I have a master's in child development, got it in 1986, at which time I had a tick bite and um, basically couldn't add numbers anymore. So I couldn't practice, and my journey brought me to Tucson in 1994 uh, through oriental medicine and homeopathy. I got better. So... I went back to school and got my postgraduate degree in oriental medicine and took it a step further, took that understanding a step further and um, use it uh, in a computerized analysis process that I um, do at my pra uh, practice and uh, identify organs of balance. And I use homeopathy as well as Chinese herbs to bring those organs into balance. So I'm here to offer my perspective on the subject here today because on how to work with it internally. And I have to just say that you've been a great help to myself and my kids. I've brought my kids to you before. Um, when I first started seeing Feruze, I had gone through a very traumatic event where I had been bitten by kissing bugs that caused me to become virally ill and I had op optic apathy in both my eyes. And so when I first met you, I remember that I was a little bit skeptical. So I didn't want to give you any of my background. So when I sought an appointment out with you, when you quickly saw everything that I'd been through, I 100% became a believer in your practice. Mm -hmm. And you've helped me immensely through the years. And I have 
continuously sent clients to you that say it, you've done miracles for them. So today, again, we're talking about miracles in many different facets and measurements of life. So we're just, I'm so excited to have you here. So I, I just wanted to ask you as well, what studies did you have to go through in order to achieve where you are now and what you're doing? So I have been doing this since 1999. Once I um, got my postgraduate degree in, in Oriental Medicine, I pursued the uh, um, education and training in, in electrodermal screening. And uh, from there on, there is uh, really it was a pioneering process to get to where I am. I yet have to put it together and help others read it um, and, and learn it. So, um, but basically it was a three-year education postgraduate degree in oriental medicine. And then my practice, you know, just makes you better and better. How long have you had your practice? 21 years. 21 years yeah. in the Tucson Fantastic. area. Mm -hmm. Yes, me um, work by word of mouth. It's uh, cannot be explained very well. It's a new way of looking at oriental medicine, balancing body, mind, and spirit. So uh, word of medicine works the best. And uh, people send their friends and family. And because uh, homeopathy works at a cellular level, we have quick results. And that's how I found out what was going on. Um, in your body, it was a combination mm -hmm. of the organs that were off balance. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Furuze, <laughs> uh, we were talking a little before we went on air about yeah, what a great radio voice you have. But mm -hmm. uh, and I, oh my gosh, Ron, I just have to say, great roll of the R. Yes. He practiced saying your name all week. <laughs> it was hysterical. Uh, I did spend time in Scotland. We learned to roll our R's there. Um, so uh, I just wanted to ask you to tell us a little bit about your journey. Uh, obviously, you have an accent and you have a wonderful story, uh, a very powerful story, uh, as well as your knowledge. Uh, could you share a little bit about where you're from, mm -hmm. some of your migration prog uh, process, and where you uh, had to move and why? Mm -hmm. And how you ended up in Tucson, Arizona. So. Oh, boy. Long, <laughs> long story here. Yes. Um, my uh, father met my mother in 1960 in Germany. He had just finished his postgraduate degree in England, and he is from Iran, uh, Zoroastrian religious minority, and... Um, Met my mother, they got married, moved back to Iran. I was born there and raised there until I was about uh, 14, back and forth between Germany and Iran with schooling. And uh, my parents were free spirits, so I remember the red VW bug. We traveled <laughs> I love in between Germany and Iran. We had to go through all these countries. It was really fun. But um, and when uh, the revolution started in Iran, we left. And I ended up with my two siblings in an American school in India, not to lose a school year. I was there three years and then ended up coming here to United States. And from there, school to school, I was in uh, Michigan, University of Michigan is where I got my psychology degree from, and East Carolina University, my child development, and then came to Tucson for the School of Oriental Medicine. So that's, and, and I have uh, 
I uh, sought residency in 1989, became a citizen in 2001. It's a lengthy process. You know, you have to be here five years, prove that you're not a menace to society. Yeah. So I had proven my my worth, and I was given citizenship. I'll, I'll vouch for you anytime. We won't expose any of the okay. secrets. Uh, we're so glad you are in Tucson, and uh, Tucson could really benefit from your practice, and we're just glad you're here. And I'm going to go back. Angela, um, you were talking a little bit about uh, Masaki earlier, and you're the Masaki Art of Hair team at, at J. Beverly Hills uh, Design Cutting Team. Uh, you've been through a lot of education over the last 12 years. And uh, I'd just like to know, for the stylists out there that are kind of uh, falling in that rut you were talking about earlier, what is a way that you could talk about a learning curve that everybody probably has to go through? Certainly you went through, and I imagine at times you were overwhelmed and wondering what you were doing uh, on some of these, but you've gradu- graduated to be a stage artist and uh, somebody that's doing wonderful teaching. And I'd just like to inspire people out there that are wondering if education is the right thing for them to start becoming and looking at educator. What moves would you recommend and what's the learning curve? Well, I know for me, when I was first coming out of school and working in the professional salon industry, education was phenomenal. The shows were all about education, um, sharing ideas, sharing new techniques. And uh, then it just kind of fell off where the corporate America kind of came in and bought out companies, which then um, shows became more about pushing products versus actually educating stylists about their craft. So... um, I that's when I had fell into that rut where there wasn't really the education to go to and it was frustrating to me so I I just felt like a machine kind of going through the motions every day doing the same thing monotonously and I went to a Jay Beverly Hills class where I first saw Masaki and his techniques were so incredibly different than anything I'd ever learned which just blew my mind that I really was having a headache from it, honestly. But it made <laughs> sense to me. It made way more sense what he was teaching. And um, it, it really inspired that fire in me. And, and I just kept wanting more and more and more. So I then realized how continuing your education is so important for our industry and just for ourselves. That's how we can continue having our clients stay with us for a long time. They really get excited when you're going to some kind of class. They want to know what you're learning, what's new and exciting. Um, so for me, I just I really learned that it was super important to continue educating myself, which I still do. I still am going and educating myself to grow. I, I, I don't claim to know everything at all. Well, your haircutting class, we just did a show together in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I loved watching you cut. I've never seen that way of cutting before. So I learned something and we work together. So, you know, that's what I love is it pushes you and we get to inspire each other. And that's just something that's so phenomenal. And I think you are hitting on a really good point that the hair industry is really rapidly changed. And that's something we also want to touch on with our, our audience, our listeners, is that for the last, I would say, 12 years of our industry, There are several aspects of it that have plummeted. We all love the great internet, but we know because of it, it's affected our industry and it's changed things quite a bit. Years ago, I used to work for White Sands Products, and I used to be a part of hair shows all over that hosted 13,000 people. 
and it was artistry and it was big magnificent stages and it pushed us it pushed the envelope on artistry for us for hair you went and you got inspired models pranced around the stages with new cuts new color new designs and it wasn't so product driven you bought the products because you were inspired now i do art on the side i'm not amazing but i just try because i love it it's an outlet for me but I would hate going to an art class where I didn't actually get to paint a canvas or see someone paint a canvas, but they just push their new products and paints. I would be devastated. I would be so bored out of my mind. I would never attend a class again. And I think that's what you're talking about. We're seeing our industry change and it's very disheartening and it's really sad. And then along with that, what we've witnessed is now there's no longer commission-based salons. I would say that's only 1% of the salon industry now. Now it's everyone fins for themselves and it's you rent a booth or you rent a station. And so there's no longer leadership that we're missing. So now you no longer have a salon owner requiring their hairdressers to attend weekly, monthly education seminars. So you can just see this turn. And it's sad that a lot of our clients are now turning to YouTube and videos for new inspirational ideas from people doing hair to their houses. I mean, we've got to pull this back. And so I think that that's something that you and I share in common is that we educate because it keeps us on our toes. Yeah, and it's fun to be around other hairdressers sharing with each other rather than just being at home watching somebody. Plus, you can have somebody direct you even when I'm doing my training, Mm -hmm. they're telling me how my hands are wrong or how to stand this way. So you can't really get that from just watching a video. Not that videos aren't good, but you don't really get that personalized attention. So we see here, this is kind of funny. So you're a self-starter with humble beginnings, (laughs) riding your little toddler around on your bicycle in your pursuit of cosmetology. So would it be fair to say that the difference between the, let's see here, that most people in this industry is how bad you really wanted something in your life, something that you were passionate about. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that because you have quite a story. <laughs> yes, I, I always, like I said, wanted to be a hairdresser and I became a mom very young with my son. I have three kids, but my son, I was a teen mom with. And so I was very poor, I didn't have a car, and um, I did, I rode him to daycare and I rode myself to school and I did that, you know, through school. Um, and my family just really thought that was the worst industry for me to get into. Again, back then, I feel like people really thought of hairdressers as not really being a career for somebody. And they talked me out of it. They thought I should be either a school teacher or a bank teller. So my grandparents actually got me this job being a bank teller, which if anybody knows me at all, I cannot do math. <laughs> so <laughs> me handling somebody's money Most was hairdressers just a can't. joke. Yeah, it was just a joke. <laughs> but not only should I have not been a bank teller because of my lack of math skills, um, I actually got robbed at gunpoint as well. No, thank you. So <laughs> no, no, thank you. I, I, I at that point decided, you know, I'm just going to do what I wanted to do. And I that's when I put myself through. I did. I wanted it really bad. So I was willing to to do that sacrificing. Obviously, it, it was it was fine. Um, but I, I have to say, in the last 26 years, I've never had um, a client hold a gun to my head demanding well, money. Well, thank God. <laughs> I feel like I made the right choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and real quick, 
and I'm going to let Ron ask some questions here because I'm hogging the mic. But like you were saying, your family was really worried about you being able to provide for your son and have a great income. Now tell me, I know you were really successful in the Phoenix area. Did you ever struggle with providing an income? No, actually, I, it was the best career for me. Uh, not only did it fit what I love to do, but uh, I got to go to every uh, Muffins with Mom and every field trip that I wanted to go on. I had the flexibility to, I worked a lot, don't get me wrong, but I can. I had my own flexibility to work for myself and, and be there for my son's needs as well as provide for him financially. It's amazing. So real quick, and then I'm going to get over, over to Mike. Mike. I'm sorry. Give the mic over to Ron. DJ Mr. Mike. Um, Feruze, you also have quite an incredible story. You, I know you as a personal friend. And I want you to talk about when you did start your practice. Mm -hmm. You were a single mom. Yes, I was a single mom. My boys are 31 and 28 now. And... Um, I used to take them in, you know, to my office, um, and they had TV and um, time only when I was working. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it worked out well, and I could keep a flexible schedule as well. Um, it was quite a road up um, because uh, um, it's not mainstream. Oriental medicine, acupuncture is not mainstream. Um, so there was not much understanding about it and so it was uh, quite a step-by-step -step process to make it to the top so it took me about seven years to break even and it took me about 10 years to start uh, making it and then from there it was uh, fine but it was all about customer service doing things well being there for your clients having them trust you that you have their back and the best interest at heart so it's a lot Amazing. of dedication, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I just want to remind everyone that you're listening to Miracles with Up podcast, and we are on Tucson Business Radio X, and we are sponsored today by Up Salon Products. I want to say a great shout-out and appreciate that uh, we have this opportunity again today. Absolutely. How can we look up your products, Ron? Well, you can find them at thebeautycartel.com is one of the places, uh, and we have a website there. Uh, we also are on uh, Facebook at Beauty Cartel LLC. We are on uh, Instagram at thebeautycartel underscore official. Uh, so there's a lot of information. We have a great social media team uh, that is out of Tennessee, and they keep us up to date and keep things going. And I give a big shout out to the people at the uh, Misfit Mafia. They do a great <laughs> job for us. We are the beauty cartel. And so when you hook up with somebody from the Misfit Mafia, it seems like a perfect marriage, a perfect match. I'd like to go back and to our guests. And I, uh, we have um, Angela White and Furuse um, uh, Marabani. And uh, we're just we're very lucky to have these two uh just the time of the broadcast which is going to be the second monday of of every month uh on 3 30 here on the tucson business radio x and we would uh, love it if you would continue to join us for more information we're discussing everything we look at the salons and we're trying to merge education to the salons with the um, medical community because the salons are the front line 
and you're a little lost at times with where to go when your clients start talking to you. As we get into things, we're going to talk a little bit more about getting in depth with your clients and, and going to the, the next uh, level of uh, being able to help guide your clients to the proper um, uh, proper ben- benefits of uh, somebody like Feruse's, uh clinic or uh, a medical doctor or a thyroid or clinic or just there's so many things that cause hair loss. Yes. Uh, earlier you mentioned that it came out of a need. Uh, all of my products have been inspired by a need in the salon market. Yep. And I never sought out to be a manufacturer. We were distributors. I've been in the business almost all my life except for about 12 years into international franchising, which actually brought me back into the salon business. My mother was a stylist. I was raised along the Colorado River or Yuma, Lake Havasu City, uh, that whole area. If you don't know it, it's usually the hottest places in the country throughout the summer. And my dad owned a construction company, poured a lot of concrete, laid asphalt, that sort of thing. And I tried to make up every excuse to stay in the salon and help my mother do shampooing or whatever I could to stay out of the heat. I would love to see that. (laughs) Oh, I give a great shampoo. You one of these days? I have to admit, my brothers even had to shampoo at times in our family hair salon. You're raised in the salon, you give a good shampoo. That's right. Uh, But what we're really trying to do is be more informed and live a healthier life and the guests that we have today will testify they're not only uh, providers of of a service or of a, a medical uh, diagnosis, but they are also the counselors and the comforters and the people that listen to all the problems. And I'd like to just kind of address something, um, a question real quick is one of the things that Gallup has done and also the Washington Post and the New York Times, they've published every year a most trusted, uh, the most trusted professions in, mm-hmm. in the country. And always number one is nurses. For 19 years in a row, nurses are number one. Number two are medical providers. So we trust our medical providers, and that has been going on for 19 years. Uh, for many years, stylists ranked as number five or number four, yes. even right behind priests or uh, pastors and things like that. Uh, since 2008, they have literally just pretty much dropped off the chart altogether. And I wanted to go back to Angela and ask, you've been in the business for 25 years, you, uh, 26 years, and Kayla, you've been in it 20. Mm-hmm. And both of you are educators. Both of you have seen the highs and the lows of the industry. What do you think has is, is dropped us off of that trust issue to where we're one of the most trusted professions uh, since 2008? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I feel like maybe one of the biggest things is consultation. I feel like um, hairdressers don't take the time or we're too busy to really schedule that consultation, and that's really the meat of how we achieve the look um, and the health of their hair is by listening to their needs, their wants, and then us also coming back and asking the right questions, like what their lifestyle is, what kind of medicine they're on. I know with doctors, you get a consultation. They're asking you about your body, your lifestyle, stress, anything like that. And the same thing should be going for us as hairdressers because there are so many things that really affect the health of the hair through internally um, and also externally. So really finding out and, and consulting with our clients, I feel like that that develops a relationship and a trust factor. And 
you know, with our clients and, and with doctors or hairdressers, it's really about having that relationship and them trusting you with their personal problems because some of the what they tell you is very, very personal and you have to trust somebody to share that. Absolutely. I think part of that changed in our industry when people started going solo and working for themselves because mm-hmm. no longer did they have a boss over them saying, where's your customer service? Right. Mm-hmm. The only accountability they had was to themselves. Half the time they'd have people not come back and they don't know why. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you were under an umbrella of a company, they would call and complain. They, they probably felt a little bit more at ease where they're not going to call you when it's your personal business and say, I was really unhappy. And I think part of that is because hairdressers are in such a rush to make as much money as they can in little time. Used to be an hour for a woman's haircut and style. Now it's 45. Now it's 35. Mm-hmm. How fast can you do this? They feel rushed. And when they feel rushed, they don't feel taken care of. They don't, they're not vulnerable to open up. So, um, you know, we were talking about some things that we've tried to change in our industry. Now we have these great, amazing devices, right? I don't know many that don't text. I think I might have 1% of my elderly clients that I have to consult with them in person because they will not text. Um, They don't even know how to use it. They might even still have a flip phone. But for myself, I'll even a week before my client's appointment, I'll start to text them. Hey, do you have any questions for me? Uh, Has your hair been changing? Are you happy with your color and cut? Is there anything that I can help you with before you come in so I can be better prepared? Things like that. It makes all the difference in the world because you're already showing them that they're an investment to you. And therefore, they're really going to be hooked. They're going to be hooked. They're going to be attached to you. You create this trustworthy friendship and foundation. And so I think that's what we've lost. And I really, I really do. I and agree. I know you can agree with me. I'd like to go to Faruse. Uh, I would like to just ask, you spoke earlier today about the power of your consult and what an important thing is. And I think about if I went to the doctor and he really didn't ask what's wrong or nobody came in and consulted with me and just kind of looked at a chart and said, I think this is what's wrong with you. And I'm like, well, you haven't asked me any questions. I'd probably have some concerns. And so share what you were sharing with us about the consult this morning. Um, It's basically the baseline and the root of the entire relationship. I schedule people per six weeks for two or three sessions and we measure progress and uh, the list of the symptoms, I go over it every time so they see um, how things have improved. Um, One thing I wanted to uh, mention is um, the issues that come up, the things they mention at all levels, not only physical complaints, emotional and spiritual, and they should be all considered and uh, yeah very yes so it's establishing trust and when uh, at the end of six months let's say um, it's their last appointment it's uh, oh you know how about the following things do do any of them matter anymore oh I don't remember that I even mentioned something like that and um, so having them see where they have gone and uh uh, it's it's very, very important, yes. Something that I recall when I first mm-hmm. took my daughter in to see you, mm-hmm. um, she had asthma that she outgrew when she was a little girl. And she had been complaining that through swim team and sometimes even just sitting or walking across the house that she was having a hard time breathing. She thought maybe she had asthma again. I took her back to the doctor. 
Everything was fine. So I said, let me take you to Feruze. And I remember when you sat down with her, you had seen, you said, did you have asthma as a young child, but it, you don't have it now? And she said, yeah. And you said, well, there is scar tissue on mm-hmm. your lungs, but tell me about yourself. Are you hard on yourself? Are you an overachiever? <laughs> she said, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you said, there's something about our physical ailments, in ailments, that also reflect what's going on spiritually, mentally. And you told her, mm-hmm. start loving yourself more, taking a breath, be easier on yourself. Yes, in Oriental medicine, the beauty of it, and I just, it was like a storybook the entire three years. Each organ has a psycho-spiritual aspect to it. So lung is grief and uh, kidney is fear. So uh, all those issues come up. Uh, sometimes um, I work with someone having a gallbladder issue and it's about patience and and uh, they have been too patient. <laughs> <laughs> so, Love it. Yeah, they kind of speak up and uh, that's a big part of healing. Sometimes people um, cannot go any further because of the ties and relationships they have and they know that's, at least we know, be aware. Amazing. That's, yeah. So that's the beauty of Chinese medicine. It's, it's you address body, mind, and spirit. And all, everything gets, and emotions at the mind level get, get results as well. And that's a big part of growth. In, well, yeah. uh, along that line, we're going through the pandemic and um, joblessness and uh, tough times and financial and um I know that stress is probably one of the number one causes of hormonal imbalance. And just do you have something with the way you just described our bodies? Because now I know why I pee a little bit when the stylists <laughs> scare me in the salons. You know, uh, it's my kidneys. Uh, so, but, uh, but, That's why uh, I'm passing yeah. stones. Yeah. So uh, No, but with uh, these st- stress levels that people are under and everything. It's a direct correlation to hair loss as well. Once the the body changes through the stress hormones, uh, uh, people will start to shed hair and, and it's something that can be overcome very easily with that problem. But I just like you to talk about what's happening mm-hmm. with that in the pandemic and a little bit. Uh, um, uh, in Oriental medicine, the foundation of Everything in the body is yin and yang, and it resides in the kidneys. It's the fountain of youth. Yang is a source of your energy, your your vitality, your fire. The yin is a source of uh, grounding, being calm, meditating. So they need to be balanced, energy and rest. Yin, uh, kidney yin becomes your hormones, your, it's a basis for hormones, neurotransmitters, and plasma to build blood. And those are all factors in, in having um, hair quality. And kidneys are responsible for the amount of hair you have, and your DNA and genetics is contained within the kidneys. So that's why sometimes, no matter how much you, you slow things down versus being able to control the loss. Um, and then liver... Uh, which is the general in the body, really nice stories. Uh, kidney, <laughs> and the general in the body takes what kidney gives and builds glycogen, 
from uh, from getting uh, the nutrients from the stomach and digestive system, and that's the basis for the blood to be made. So, when liver, uh, when blood volume is low, um, our hair and skin and nails are affected. So, liver stores that in form of glycogen, which comes from protein, and uh, it it controls the good cholesterol. And so the proteins, uh, the amino acids, are what bring us um, the B vitamins, B1, B3, B5, which also controls our adrenals and our anti-inflammatory, um, you know, uh, ability to have not have inflammation in the body, of course, B6 and B12. So that's how we look at it. So when I work with someone, um, I say, let's stimulate the organ functions. Let's bring all those organs into balance and see how much your body can heal on its own. And because it can absorb things from diet and, and your lifestyle. And whatever remains after like two or three sessions, six weeks apart, is what you need to supplement. And that's when I refer out to Kayla. <laughs> I love it. We go hand in hand. And I refer my clients to Feruze because I say, I can take care of the external health of your hair. I can help regrow it with these amazing products. However, there's something going on. That's why we are talking about consultations. Oftentimes, our clients will go, why is my hair breaking? Why is this happening? They automatically think it's you. What are you doing to my hair? Are you using bad products? And that's when you have to, to educate them. We're hair doctors. Amen. So that's, we have to be prescriptive. And I have to say, are you on any medications? Have you had any changes? Is there any stress going on in your life? And that's when I connect them with Feruze. So we are a great team that way, which is such a yes. beautiful thing. And I think in our industry, we need, this is why we wanted to do this show, because we wanted to show people we can only do so much and you can only do so much. We need each other to work together in our industries. And I think for me, knowing you personally, I was doing your hair through a very traumatic time yes. in your life. Do you want to talk about that yes. a little bit, what you experienced with your exactly. hair? Exactly, and Ron, really quickly, uh, the pandemic, fear. A lot of fear that affects the kidneys. That is depleting our fountain of youth, and that's where hair loss is affected. Mm -hmm. When I, I'm 57 now. When I was 52, I uh, noticed, okay, um, I am having some uh, hormonal issues, had flashes. So I started working with homeopathics and Chinese herbs. And one of the things I did, I went on bioidentical, biased and progesterone. And it was suggested for me to take testosterone. And whenever I took bioidentical testosterone, I also had anxiety. Just But I put up with it. And I noticed extreme hair loss. I mean, it was really bad. Yes. And uh, however, until I figured that out and noted it within my clients in their 40s and 50s as well, um, when I figured it out and I stopped, that is when the hair loss stopped. Before that, Kayla and the supplements were just not making it a devastating issue. Yes. Um, however, I kept putting something into my body that what uh, uh, it did actually brought the kidney yeah. young up and depleted my yin so it was I like contradictory so it was like okay i'm burning up i'm not getting my my hair i'm losing my hair so once i figured that out um you know it stopped and it the hair loss went away and then now we are yeah of course quality it has come back yeah. i would say yeah 40 percent 
Oh, quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. I see a difference yes. all the time. And with that, and this is something I, uh, we want to touch base with, Angela and Feruze, is something you said really caught my ear that your own experiences with your help, with your health, mm-hmm. often drives you. Don't you feel like passionately in a, in a direction to where because of your experience and pursuit of helping your own body, you then take your own traumas you learn more, and then you help your patients. And how much of that when that happens and you walk through things on your own, then do you open up and how vulnerable are you with mm-hmm. your patients and letting them know that they're not alone? You're going through very similar things or you have gone through. Yes, that that's a big part of my success. I call it, since I couldn't get to my doctorate, I did two postgraduate degrees. Um, I always tell my boys I got my um, doctorate in school of God. <laughs> I love that. I love and that. And he kept dumping life experiences on me, and, and I kept, uh, oh, okay, coming up with solutions. And that's a big part of there. There are certain people who will not go to people who don't have those degrees, but l- many people would love their life experience more, and they relate, they trust. Um, you know, there's, there's, it's not just what you read in the book. It's, it's okay. You had this experience. This is what you went. It's understanding what they're going through. It's so very important. I would call that probably the school of overcoming. You know, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. in life, there's so many things that we're not in control of that we have to overcome. And I would just kind of say, Angela, you've got some stories that I know I've known you for a while, and. Uh, just some very powerful things that you've had to overcome in life. And uh, I'm going back to your desire to become a cosmetologist was, you know, you had to ride a bike to school in the Arizona heat with your son on board to get him to daycare and then off to school. This first school you went to uh, was raided by the FBI and (laughs) shut down. And so uh, you, you... at some point, I would have think, thought you would have said, okay, God, am I supposed to drop this? But you didn't. You, you kept going. And I just wanted to ask you the importance of sharing your personal uh, stories with your clients and not to be where they give you their burdens. And you're like, well, then I'm just going to give you mine back. But I think, as Feruse said, you, you share a spirit of overcoming and through, through God or through other things that you believe in and uh, our spiritual health through what we believe is very it got to be very healthy but uh, we're all i believe uh, believers here at this table so i would just ask you uh, how do you share your stories to to help people overcome their problems yeah it's really interesting how life um, everybody has stories everybody has traumatic experiences they go through and um, when you're in those traumatic experiences, sometimes you don't really have an outlet or know how to even handle them or deal with them. But as you've come through them, you can look back with more wisdom. And when somebody's sharing with me a story, it's very touching. And um, then I, in turn, will share a story that I have dealt with that maybe was similar to theirs, where we can connect on that level. They feel, again, that trust factor. They feel like they feel safe sharing with me. And, and um, you know, sometimes people would leave my chair in tears just saying, I, I, I knew I came here just to hear what you had to say, which wasn't for me coming from me. It was just coming from my experiences. Um, and that really made me feel just like, wow, I can't believe that just doing somebody's hair color and cut could make them leave feeling so well. But it, it's deeper than just doing their hair. It's, mm-hmm. it's connecting on a human level. And, and we all have 
things we go through it's that it could be embarrassing or not but absolutely and we need that i know that both of us have experienced losing family members due to suicide mm-hmm. and we all each of us have traumatic losses in our life mm-hmm. um and we're seeing that unfortunately with covid we're seeing statistics on the on the rise for depression mm-hmm. suicide rates and you know those are things that I think that when you share your story and what you've overcome with your clients, your patients, they in turn have a sense of relief that there's normalcy. Because oftentimes when they're coming to you for a you, Angela, and sitting in your chair, you're the expert at that moment. Mm-hmm. And in some ways to that person, subhuman, you know why? Because we come in with a smile, no matter what we're facing in our lives personally. We put on a smile. We paste it on some days. Some days it feels very ingenuine, but we fake it till we make it. And they think, you're always so happy. You always have it Mm -hmm. so together. You always help me. How is it that your life is so together? And you're like, well, actually, I'm a hot mess. It's true. And I don't know it all, you know? I would say along those lines, um, just... As a word of encouragement to anybody out there that's going through depression with all of this is you can't overcome if you give in and quit. I attempted suicide myself, and I thought my life was over. I thought it was finished. I thought everything. I lost everything. I mean, completely everything. The IRS had taken everything, and uh, it was just a, at my age, I was like, there's no How old were you and, when that happened? Uh, around forty. 41, 42 years old, and uh, it was something that I just couldn't see any future. And here, you know, 20-something years later, we're holders of major patents for hair growth and eyelash serums, and and our business is growing, and I have this wonderful surrounding of educational team, and I have these supporters, and I have these wonderful clients I would have never met, you know, more than a 1,000 clients who... If they see something on Facebook that I'm down about something, they just, everybody pours out, hey, what can we do for you or whatever. And and I just want to say you're never alone and your life is never over. Uh, I saw a quote on Facebook the other day when it said, you know, when you're going through the test and you don't hear from God, just remember when you're taking a test, the teacher is always silent. <laughs> and uh, so I like, I, that. I like that. And it really is. It's just a time of, of growth. It's a time of you'll come out of things much stronger person and your best days are always ahead of you. And I know, uh, Angela, you've had experiences in your family with things like that. And I know that, uh, this show really, we got off a little bit a track, but I just, it's about overcoming. It's about helping people. It's about being a better stylist and a better educator. And I just want to go back to one question with, uh, Angela about stylist. Um, would I say if the understanding of good education is stylist helping stylist. Could you kind of expand on what you think about stylists, you know, this whole platform? Yeah, I feel like we're not in a competition with each other. And I feel like sometimes people can feel competitive with hairdressers, which really, we all should be supporting each other in the same um, aspect of, of the profession that we love, which is the professional salon industry and supporting each other just helps grow that and it makes clients feel more secure as well. Um, and I don't consider myself a teacher or I, I just am really sharing information that somebody else shared with me. So 
that's my way of, of supporting hairdressers as well. And again, with corporate America coming in, it's important that we all stay together, supporting each other and helping. Even with our clients, we should help each other lift each other up. So really in the education, I guess we need to be back to the future. Um, <laughs> we need to go back to the days when it was about education and not about pushing product. And it was about helping people and stylists helping people, lifting people up. I think uh, if I had to kind of say anything, I think stylists need to be a little more demanding when it comes to education. They need to start demanding mm-hmm. better quality. And and. Every aspect uh, of this show, what we're talking about, it's really to encourage people to seek out and and become wiser and smarter about everything that you're doing in your business, and to be more informative about what you're trying to give your your client at a at a, while they're in your chair, you own them. I mean, you've got anywhere from 20 minutes to two or three hours. They have no place to go. They're your prisoner. So why not? Uh, <laughs> why not? And I'm going to start putting a belt over my chair. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but and they're, they pay, they're paying you to be there, but they're paying you for the whole experience, the whole experience of being with you. And they do, like Kayla said, sometimes think that you have it all together. Well, and, and you don't. Exactly. Uh, you and know. part of the reason why I actually became a stylist is because – I grew up in the hair industry with my parents. And I think because of that, I kind of rebelled where it was like everyone assumed I would do hair. So I would say, absolutely not. Not doing hair. Nope. You know, grew up going to the salon every Saturday, sweeping up clients' hair, serving them coffee from the time I was six. We were running around the salon. So for me, it was I love people. I like knowing why people tick. I like knowing people's backgrounds. I'm very intrigued with people. So I had gone to, I'd done some social work um, in Phoenix for a few years. I worked with kids in cracked out neighborhoods, um, did adopt a block. And during that time, I just thought, I have to fix people. I'm a fixer. <laughs> so I came back. I came back, moved in with my parents because I couldn't afford college. So I had to move back in. And I started going and attending college for psychology. But while I was doing that, I started working for them again And I was also working for a chiropractor at the time. And I watched my mom take a client and she was crying. And I thought, what's going on? She took her outside after her hair appointment and continued to counsel her. So it was then that it clicked for me. I was like, hey, I can do that. That's exactly what I want to do. But the duality of it was that I was an artist, so I knew sitting at a desk counseling people seemed a little boring. And I knew that my vibrant personality, I would go home kind of down and depressed because I'm very empathetic. So I knew that there was this part of me that needed artistry. And so it clicked for me that day. I was like, wait, I'm supposed to be a cosmetologist. (laughs) And I had to admit to my parents I was changing my mind and I was going to cosmetology school instead because... We have this amazing platform with people to, we get women come into our lives, come into our chair. And yes, we have males too. Mark Bishop, that runs this show. This is his show. He, uh, my dad used to do his hair. Now I get to do his hair and make him look absolutely beautiful. Handsome as, handsome as hell. Um, but for me, it's, there's something about getting a woman in your chair and you are dealing with her insecurities. We deal with the cover of magazines, perfection, and 
not only are we dealing with the physicality of the person, they think their hair is going to change their confidence level. And we wanted to talk about that. Their hair is supposed to solve all their problems. If their boyfriend broke up with them, if they get a new hairstyle, they might turn his head again, right? Mm -hmm. And so what you quickly realize is, I get to transform this person from external and talk to them internally with their struggles so that when they leave, they feel confident and brand new again. And they've got more vigor for life to step out in confidence. So for you both, that's something that I want to address. And I know we're getting, you know, the hour is quickly dwindling. So just real quick, real brief, do you guys notice a difference with your patients, your clients, in their confidence levels after you've begun doing their hair or seeing them as a patient? Definitely. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's seeing them have hope. Yes. And trusting their intuition that they're going in the right direction and they need to be doing what they need to be doing. So it's getting them in touch with their inner self for me. Yep. Hair is a really huge thing for women. It, it, it creates confidence or takes away confidence. If you have a bad haircut or a bad color, it's really hard to walk around without putting a hat on and crying and all those kinds of things. And it sounds silly, but it really does affect every person. If, if their hair is, is even losing hair, like that definitely affects women and men. Um, as, as well as, you know, having their hair look good. They feel good inside. I would like to wrap things up. I appreciate all of you out there listening, and a special thanks to our guest, um, Angela White and Faruse Marabani. I would just say thank you so much for all the information you've yes. given us. How can people reach you, uh, Faruse? Uh, you could uh, go to my website, acupunctureandallergyclinic.com. It's spelled all one and C, one C. Okay. Yeah. And Angela, how can they get a hold of you or reach you? They can go to mcsalonservices.com um, and also our Facebook and Instagram, MC Salon Services. And they can reach me at the uh, beauty car, beautycartel.com. And you can find me at Curtin Quanta Hair Salon. I'm all over Facebook. <laughs> Smear my face all over social media. You guys are probably sick of me, but it's kind of a lot to retain. So just remember that you can go to one website to find all of the details, which is Tucson Business Radiox.com. And there we will have their pictures, their bios. Our special guests will be listed there along with their information. Thank you so Th much. Thank you to our producer, Mark Bishop, and thank you to our sponsor, Upsilon Products. Have a great day. Join us again for another informative and interesting Miracles from Up for body, hair, and soul on the Business Radio X Network.